but let's pray and we'll get started. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Can you just remember the Hadley family? They the did who? find they did find Hunter. They, that kid that was lost in the, the boat accident, they found him yesterday. Obviously not alive. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I didn't I don't really you know, it's been so much going on in our lives I haven't really paid attention to the news. I didn't know I knew there was somebody missing, but you know, okay. And McCoy is um having surgeries. His friend that was on the boat with him. In there was two of them. Yeah. Where was this at? Port Connor. Port Connor. In the ICW. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And it, the Hadley. Hadley's the one that passed away. And McCoy Wagner is in the hospital. What's Hadley's last name? It's oh, Hunter Hadley. Yeah. Oh, Hadley family. Okay. Wagner and, and okay. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll do that. Okay. All right. Let's pray. <laughs> Father in heaven, thank you so much for. Uh, for bringing us here this morning. We're so thankful for this family, for the opportunity we have to be together this morning. Uh, we pray for those who are, who are not here, who are, who are struggling or sick or trying to get better, and we just pray for them, Father. Uh, we pray that uh, that uh, uh, as we as we gather together this morning, that that we will, as we worship and as we study, uh, that uh, you will be honored and you will be glorified, Father, in all that we do. Uh, we pray that as we start this new study, that uh, that it will be beneficial uh, to all of us as we as we strive, Father, to uh, uh, to keep uh, keep our lives in, in a place where they need to be. And I pray, Father, that uh, that we will just strive always to find the truth and see what the truth is. Father, bless uh, bless the Hadley and the Wagner family uh, as they struggle with with what went on this past week. We pray your blessings upon those families as they as they grieve. And is there anything we can do, Father? Make that known to us. Help us to to know what to do and to do those things that will help them to to get past all of this. Father, again, thank you for for bringing us here. Thank you for the opportunity we have to study together and to worship together. And we truly pray that our worship and our study will go up to you as a sweet aroma, Father. Please help us. And where it's not. Help us, Father, to find the things that need to be done and, and help us to have the strength and the heart to do that. Thank you, and thank you for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to, I'm going to go, we're going to go some into the book of Acts this morning. We're going to go some into, into, into some other places this morning. I just want you to get a feel for what's going on here, all right? These are called the pastoral letters. First and Second Timothy and Titus are called the pastoral letters because they are addressed to a guy who has been put in charge of a specific place. Timothy writes two letters to, and Titus he writes one. Titus has been left at Crete, and Timothy has been left at Ephesus. We will talk about that some more. Uh, I'm going to look at some what are the dynamics here, what's going on. Uh, first off, I want to look at what's what's the what's the purpose. What is he what is he writing for? What's he, what's he trying to get these people, what is he trying to get Timothy to help with, and what is he trying to get us to look at? And there's two different things. First of it is to main, maintain sound discipline. He's going to deal a lot with, with what, we are, what kind of Christians we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to handle ourselves, what we're supposed to be doing in certain situations. He's going to deal with all kinds of things in these two letters. And we'll look at them in depth. And then the second thing is that he, that he is going to defend sound doctrine. Uh, you're going to see the same kind of the same principle that he's going to deal with in, in, as we started the book of Galatians last Wednesday, uh, the same kind of idea. There's a, there's a lot going on around them. The dynamic around them is not too unlike what's going on around us. You know, there's, there's, a, there's always problems, always issues, always things going on 
that are contrary to what God says to do. There are specific things that are going on here, just like there are specific things that are going on in our culture today that we have to deal with. And don't to make sure that you put up that you find what sound doctrine is and honor sound doctrine. You know, I I I have uh, uh, you find you hear all kinds of stuff, and it, when it's really sad is when I hear of past Christians that have gone into a dark place and gone into a place where uh, where they are no longer uh, looking for sound doctrine. It, it almost like like the Bible doesn't matter anymore. I've got a doctrinal stance, and I'm going to stand on that doctrinal stance no matter what the book says. I don't even want to look at the book anymore because I've made my mind up what this what doctrine is supposed to look like, and that's contrary to what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, and we should we should attack that every time we find it, uh, whether it's in our own it's our own uh, our own assembly or our own fellowship, or when we see it somewhere else, we ought to attack it. Now there's different ways to do that. Paul is going to be straightforward. He's going to use Timothy to do that in that culture. So uh, let's look at Timothy first, all right? Let's go back to Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look at Timothy uh, for a bit, okay? Acts chapter 16. Now, Timothy uh, Timothy is a, is a young man who, who accompanies Paul on his second and third journeys. Uh, they're going to go through Macedonia, Achaia, the different different places. If you look at the at the at the dynamic of the of the journeys, you'll see where they where they're going to head. But here's the here's where it begins. Here, and I want you to look at, at what happens here. All right, and I know some of you know that we, we went through my X class. You know, we we dealt with all of this, uh, but uh, but we're going to look at this a little bit, not in deep detail, but we're going to. I want you to see. And try to get. A, I want you to try to get an understanding of who this guy is, and why Paul trusts him so much. Why does Paul trust him, and why would he lead him in a place that is going to difficult? Is not a not a, a good word. Difficult is not a good word. Chaotic would be better. Okay, he's going to leave him in a place of chaos, and and we'll look at that when we get to, into some other stuff. Look at chapter sixteen. Look at verse one. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. Okay? Now, you, you understand the dynamic here? He's a young disciple. That means he's, he's a follower of Christ already. He's already following Christ. His mother is a Jew, but she's married outside of her faith. Now, do you think that would be a problem? I can remember when it was a, when when I had a a, a come to Jesus moment with somebody who uh, who uh, was uh, had a had a daughter that was uh, engaged to a guy of a different race, and the guy the the, the father made some disparaging comments about this individual to me, and uh, and this individual was a was a member of the church, and uh, and I. Uh, I, I I did not let it go. Okay, I couldn't let it go. I knew them well, and I was close to all of them, and and I just called him on it and said, inappropriate, inappropriate. But it was a problem in his mind. It was a problem, and it caused a conflict within his own within his own mind and his own heart. He had a st- extreme conflict with this, and so you look at this and think, okay, was there a problem? Could there have been a conflict within? Timothy's household with his mom and his father. Would you say that was possible? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably absolute there was a problem. 
So this young man has come to Christ. We don't know exactly how old he is. He just says he's a young disciple. That's all we know. Probably in his late teens, maybe early 20s, probably is how old he is. So, you know, nobody that I looked at, no commentary, Lansky, none of them could, could pin down how old he was. So, you know, we know that he's probably a young man. But we know that he has a mom who's, who is a, uh, uh, said, the believer, well, let's go on, verse 2. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him, okay? So he's old enough to have to, to have a, a sound reputation within the within the within the body of believers. So you got you get a picture of this young man. He's young. He's a disciple, and he's highly spoken of amongst the other believers. Now, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Okay. Now, circumcision was a sign of the covenant, and for this woman, all right. That the, the, the law said that on the eighth day you're to circumcise all the male children. That was the sign of the covenant. Okay? That was the sign. And for him not to have been circumcised, first off, I want to know how does Paul know? I you know, I don't know how you know that was my question. I'm looking at this, I'm going, how does the know? And how are the Jews gonna know wherever he goes? How are they gonna know? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but but I know it, it. Paul thinks it's going to be a problem, and we got to rectify this. We got to fix this. Now, Paul, you know, we looked at this when we looked at Acts. Paul is not at, he's not adhering to the idea that you need that circumcision is a sign of Christianity not at all. He's looking at I'm going to have to to teach these people. Going to have to get to a place, and we can't have anything come in the way. Yeah, David. Was circumcision a law? Was it, a it was a, it was a command by God to the Jewish nation, but it wouldn't be considered one of the Ten Commandments. No, no. That but was it was man, part. It was it was, was part. It was a sign of the covenant that God gave to Abraham. Right. When God God gave it to Abraham, and He said He will circumcise it, and so that was that was the, the that was the sign of the covenant. Now it was going to at some point what it was going to be is a sign for us as well, because now if you look at Colossians, you look at different places, it said it's circumcision of the heart. Not circumcision, and and Paul even t said in in different places, like I think in Philippians, he said, "Beware of those dogs, those mutilators of the flesh." And he's talking about those people that come along after him and said, "Oh, you can't really be a Christian unless you've been circumcised." They were trying to they were trying to to bind on these new converts the the a form of law on them. They were legalists, and that's what they were doing. And Paul said, "No, uh, uh, he's going to do this because." Because he doesn't want anything to deter him from where he's going because he knows there's going to be Jews there. And he knows he's going to have a problem. He's already had a problem with them. He doesn't want to give them ammunition anymore. So the best thing to do is, is have, have this young man circumcised. Okay? So now, it says, uh, I, I want to go back to verse 1 for just a second. Where a disciple named Timothy lived whose mother was a Jewish and a believer. Okay, so now we know that not only is Timothy a believer, but evidently he's been influenced by his mother. Okay? And his mom now had, is a, is, has been an influence on him. So, so he is a convert. His mother's a convert. And he's spoken well of by the other converts in that area, in Lystra. Okay? That all, it all matters, guys. When you look at these guys, what is the background? Is there a background? Why, why is this guy being written to twice? And why would he be sent to a place that is going to be chaotic and, and be... Uh, detrimental to his health okay physically and spiritually so so now what, what do we know 
What do we know so far? It's a young man who's a convert. What else do we know? I'm going to keep drilling you guys until we till you get there. So you, so you start responding to me. What else you know? Paul wants him to be a missionary. Paul, Paul wants him to go with him. And he wants to go. So they, they need to eliminate the problems. And one of the problems that they know of is he's not been circumcised. Do you think you think this was a problem within the household of Timothy? Do you think that was a problem? You think between mama and daddy you think it was a problem? No. You don't think so? No. I'm going to tell you something, guys. When I when I became a Christian, and George and I became a Christian, it was a huge problem with my mother. Huge problem. Because the first thing she asked is when we're going to get him baptized. Because we hadn't baptized him. When we're going to get Kevin baptized. You know, it was a huge problem. And then it became a problem between her and I. Because it was a problem there, it became a problem between us. So if you think there wasn't a problem in this family because of this event, if this woman's really a Jewish and she knows what the law is, she knows what she's supposed to do. That baby's born and the daddy says, no way. No way. Not baptized. You're not going to make him like you. Not, not. I can see that. Yeah, go ahead, Larry. Doesn't that seem, since Paul asked this of Timothy, doesn't that seem like totally opposite of his view with the false teachers who are bringing in? Absolutely. Absolutely. It looked like it would have been just the opposite. This yeah. would have been an opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of confusing because it's on the opposite end of the... Think about it from an evangelist perspective, okay? <laughs> Not from a, you know, just guy sitting in the pew, but evangelist perspective. He's got one goal, and that's to evangelize. And anything that gets in the way of him evangelizing is detrimental to his mission. Paul is a missionary. He's been sent by God. That's what Galatians said. That's what this is going to say. He's an apostle. He has authority, and he knows where he's going Anything that gets in the way. And Paul says in, 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 I think in 2 Corinthians, I think his word, he said, I've become all things to all men that I might win some. So what does that mean? What does it mean that, that he, I, I become all things to all men? Why? Because anything that gets in the way, I've got to fix. I've got to change. And he, he knew because of what he was dealing with, this is going to get in the way at some point. And it's going to, it's going to be detrimental to the mission that I've got set before me, what I've got to do, what God's given me. His, his uncircumcision was going to scream louder than it was, his, un, you know, his uncircumcision would scream louder than anything Paul was saying. Because, because it was going to put him at odds with all the people, the Jews that he's going to try to be trying to convert, first off, and then the Gentiles are going to use this against him too. So, yeah, I understand. I had the same dilemma. You know, wait a minute. This doesn't sound, this sounds, this sounds contradictory. But really, when you look at it from Paul's perspective, it's not. Because he knows. Yes, ma'am. Well, I was just thinking, you know, we have social media, news travels, but don't think there wasn't gossipy stuff oh. going on then. That was the same type thing. So, I mean, you know, you could just I, go in and it could be a book. I, I remember Daryl Clemenchek standing right here, right here, and he said, I don't like your teaching. I said, really? He said, you make us read between the lines too much. And I said, Daryl, it's the only way you can understand what's going on in the text. You don't just read between the lines. I'm not trying to change the text. He said, well, it feels to me like trying to change the text. I said, I promise, I'm not trying to change the text. But, you know, when, when, you, when you've been locked into a mindset for so long, and we laugh about it now, but, but you know, it, but when, you, when, you're, when you have been locked into a mindset for so long, I mean, it, it can get to a point where, where, you, where you look at things from a, from a wrong perspective just because that's what I've been taught my whole life. 
You never bother to, to open the book up and pull the verses apart and see what's going on. I want you to smell it. I want you to sense what Timothy's fixing to go through. Fix him, let's say he's 25, let's say he's 20 to 25 years old. He's fixing to let some guy come at him with a knife. Are you kidding me? <coughs> Thanks, no thank, I'll go to hell. You know, you're gonna come at me with a knife? Tell me to drop my drawers and you're gonna come? No, not on your best day. But you see the you see the how how dedicated is Timothy. He's all in, guys. All that's it. You have to remember back in that time period, mm -hmm. man had total sex. The mm -hmm. wife couldn't get in on anything. Yeah, and so you you know the you know the conflict that's there within. You know, Paul knows that circumcision doesn't mean anything to Timothy. He knows that, but he knows also that it's going to be detrimental to his mission. If, if he takes his kid and he evidently that what he sees in his kid overrides everything else and he says we got to do this just for the sake of what's going to happen down the road because i know what's coming because he's already been there and already done that he's already seen it himself he's seen it loud and clear what's going to happen and where he's going to send them he already knows what's what he's sending them into i can't you know i, I don't understand there must have been a real dynamic going on here to for him to send him to ephesus we'll look at that in just a minute but i want you to go back to first timothy in fact, I want you to go to 2 Timothy. Now, we only saw a bit about his mom, okay? Just a bit. And it said that she was Jewish and that she was a believer. Okay? That means she was a believer in Christ. That's what that means. So she was a believer. So Timothy has that going for him. His dad probably was not a factor. So if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and look at verse uh, verse 5, he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So now you go back, you, you look at Timothy again now, and you from chapter 16 of Acts, we know he's a young man. We know he's, he's going to be circumcised for the mission. We know that his mom's a Jewish. We know his dad's a Greek. And we know that his mom's a believer. But now we know that his grandmother also is a, is a believer. And that sin, that deep, sincere faith lives in both these women. That that And, and maybe, maybe mama and grandma and daddy and Timothy and whoever else lives all in the same house. <laughs> I never had to live with my mother-in-law. I loved my mother-in-law to death. Loved her to death. Living with her was not an option. I didn't love her that much, you know. And we got along great. But I, I, I can, I can believe, and I know that the that the possibility of what that's going to mean was going to be not good. But here, he's got two women in his life that are believers in Christ. He's become a believer. Okay, means he's been baptized. Means he's a believer. Together. So what is it? What now? And now, who's getting pushed off to the side? Daddy. I don't know, I, guys. I've just, it just seemed like there probably was some chaos going on in his family. Timothy's probably glad to be getting out of there. It doesn't tell us that anywhere. I'm just thinking, looking around and knowing what I know of family dynamic, that it can be, it can be very chaotic when you have this kind of division within the house. I know what it was like in ours when it, there's a division, man. I, I'm telling you, man, it was it was bad, man. It got really bad for a while. That's why I said it was really bumpy, 
and my wife stuck with it because I can remember a time when my wife, my mother would have loved nothing better than to split us up. She would have loved nothing better than to, than to split us up. She didn't. She didn't like Georgia one bit. She didn't. She didn't have anything. Any. I mean, she was trying. I think, but man, I tell you what, it was chaotic. And it was getting better when she died. It, it was getting better. But but it was it was just. And so I look at this dynamic. and I'm saying, man, there must have been a real dynamic going because I think families haven't changed much. You know. I mean, look at look at uh, 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 Jacob and Rachel and Leah. Remember all of that? You think there wasn't chaos in that family? Mm. Mm. You know, he wants one. She can't have children. The other one starts having babies one after another. You know, and he still loves the other one more than this than this one. And then she's then 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 she feels disrespected. I mean, chaotic families all through. You know, I mean, you look at Abraham and Sarah. I mean, that's a, that's chaotic at best. Okay, I mean, he lies about her. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's some real stuff going on if you look really deep, dig in the text and look at it. So I think here as as well, and that's what Timothy brings with him. All right, now, so we now we know we know this young man. We know his family life. Okay, now I want us to I want us to uh, uh, I want us to look at at uh, at one place at a couple places where we see what Paul's idea of him is. Look at the look at Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> now, Paul is writing to the church at, at Philippi here, okay? Now, writing to Timothy, but this is something in this text that he says about him, okay? Just it's Philippians chapter 2, and look at verse 19. He said, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because of the son with his father. He has served me within the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. How does Paul view this young man? How does he view him from that text? What does he say? He said, I'm going to send Timothy to you and he's going to report back to me because I got no one else like him. All right, look, I'm going to read it again. Look at what he said. He said, he said, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me within the work of the gospel. How does, how does he view him? Use him like a son. Use him like a son. They have been so bonded together. Paul's older, he's younger, and he has taken him on like a son, a father and a son. That's pretty dynamic, wouldn't you say? He has seen the ups and the downs. He's seen the good and the bad. He said, I got no one like him. That says a lot, man. Wouldn't you say? I want you to get a grip on who this kid is. So when you see what's going to start happening and what he's going to be up against in, in the, this first letter, you'll say, okay, now I understand why Paul sent him. You know, he was one of the only ones that Paul knew that could handle this stuff. Because there's going to be some, in fact, he's going to say in the second letter, he said, you need to start drinking some wine for your stomach. You know, that's what he tells him. You need you know, you you got to keep your health up because this is get, this is getting bad. It's getting out of hand. But he's he's sick. So you know when you look at this and he says and he says that that uh, I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And he said he said I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. <laughs> what do you know about Timothy's attitude to the church? 
if he walked into your into your life, how would he view you, and what would he how how would his him how would he con, how would he deal with you? He's all in. He's all in. That's good. That's good perspective. He's all in. <clears throat> He's all in in your life. He's all in in your family's life. He's all in in everything going on about you. You're con, you know when he sits down with you, he wants to know what's going on with you. He's not waiting to find out if you're going to shut up long enough so he can talk about himself. That's what he's doing. And he, and he is concerned with their welfare. So he's looking, he's not only looking at their life right now, but he's looking two, three steps down the road. What can I do? This is exactly what he's learned from Paul. Because Paul's thinking, you know, about Larry, what you said. Paul's looking two, three steps down the road. What am I going to have to do now to, to negate this problem down the road? Now, this is what we're going to have to do. I hate it. You know, I don't want to do this, but I have no choice. You know, I mean, I mean, it's a, I remember one time Rocky Hansen said, I want to go to, to this church over here. And I want to go. I said, what for? He said, I just want to see what it's like. And it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done to go back into that place. And I took him and, I, and, and we got through about three fourths of the things that I'm, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> and we left. <laughs> he said, I don't need to do that anymore. I said, thank you. <laughs> Cause I don't want to take you there anymore. It, it, it was the, the point was, is that, that, you know, you're all in. You're gonna you do what you know that they need so that they can grow and and mature, and that's what Paul said. I've seen that in this kid, and that's what this kid is like. He said when he sits with you, when he visits with you, when he's in with you, he's gonna be all in. It's gonna be all in in your life to make sure that everything that's going on in your life is good. Okay. Now let's look at a, look at Acts chapter 17. So you get a sense you get a sense that Paul has a real Paul trusts, would you say Paul trusts this guy? That he trusts him. Okay. Now, I'm doing all this, guys, so that you get an understanding of when you start reading 1 Timothy, you know, I want you to be able to pull, because we're going to pull back on this stuff, and I'm going to bring this stuff back. And I said, remember what Paul said about Timothy. What did he say about it? Who was he? To Paul, who was he? He was completely, con he was completely convinced that Timothy was the right guy to send to these people because he was going to have their welfare at heart and he was going to get a good, fair, honest report. And then he was looking forward to coming afterward. He knew that if he sent Timothy, you know, I, I can tell you this about an evangelist. The one thing they hate doing more than anything is letting somebody else do their work. Stu. Because they're always afraid that that person is going to say something, do something, or, or be something that's going to undermine everything they've done. And one of the things, when you become good at it, you come, you you learn how to put people in that, in those places and to train them and to grow them so that they can so they they can take over. That was Roy was a master at it. Roy was really, I mean, he knew how to how to nurture and so that when 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 it happened to him, you know, people could just step right in and and you know. Uh, you know, we were, I was looking for a specific kind of Bible. I was looking for a Thompson chain reference. And when I was looking for them, I couldn't find one. They were out of print. Couldn't, couldn't get one. And they're about a $150 Bible. You know, I mean, they're, these are, these are, uh, these are one of the best study Bibles I've ever seen. And I was in the office talking to Pam and I said something about this. And she said, she got up, didn't say a word, got up and she went over the shelf and she pulled this thing out and she said, here's one. I said, wow, got one almost new right in my hand. And she said it was Roy's. And I said, you think it'd be okay with Roy if I, if I used it? I said, I'm going to use it. I'm going to mark it. I've already went through two of them already. I'm going to mark this thing up. She said, I think he would be honored. And that, and all it did was it just clarified for me that Roy was kind of like that Paul guy in my life. I was the Timothy. Paul was the, he, Paul, I mean, Roy was the, the Paul and he, and he, 
he kind of nurtured me and grew me knew that there was going to come a point when 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 i was going to take over some stuff and and just and didn't throw me to the wolves but was not kind either at times and what he was what he would ask me to do and another one was do i know you guys didn't know him but noah chris <laughs> noah chris the reason i teach I still remember where I was. I still remember standing on the steps of my front porch and him standing there and he said, I got something for you to do. And I was too young and too stupid to know that you need to clarify this before I say yes. And, uh, and he said, I got a class you need to be perfect for. That was my Friday night class and it's been going on for what, 30 years? Still going on? He was the one that started that class and, and gave me the confidence to do that. That's, that's the dynamic that Paul has with Timothy. You had to ask yourself, do I have a Timothy in my life? Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's Liam. Do I have a Timothy? You know, to, is, is, is he going to look at me one day as as your, his Paul? That you raised him, the both of you raised him to a point where he could go out and he could be successful spiritually. You know, I don't, you know, that's what you need to aspire to. If you have children, to aspire to growing them up so they can be the new, the, the Timothys or the Loises or the, or the, or the Eunices, you know, they, they can be the mom in the family that is that is completely committed to Christ and is raising her children to be to be to be disciples and to be evangelists and to be whatever down the road, but to be faithful. You know, and I think we can learn a lot from the, the dynamics of this people involved. Lois, Eunice, Paul, Timothy, you know, appears Epaphroditus is going to go with him. You know, I, I think I think if we had that mindset of how can I make you better? How can you make me better? How can I how can I how work in, in your life where you're going to be the next Timothy? I think I think a, a new dad like like you are, and and I think you you look at it and say I have a responsibility to this child to my children to be the to be the Paul in their life so that they can become the Timothys of of the church down the road. You think that's a fair? That you think that's something fair that we need to look at? That we need to aspire to? I think, I think the reason that we've lost a lot of children is that we haven't done that. I think moms and dads haven't done that. I think I wasn't doing that for a time and almost lost Kevin over it. wasn't doing it. Almost lost Mark over it. You know, thankfully, you know they have they were smarter than I was, and uh, and came to their senses before I did. But you know that's the point. You know we have that mindset that I'm going to do everything I can do to be the Paul in their these people's lives so that one day I can look at them and say, I know that they will have your best interest at heart. I know that I'll get a good report and I know they're faithful to you. You know? It was it's you know anyway. Now let's go to Acts 17. I've preached on that long enough. Acts 17. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's start in verse 10, okay? It says, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed and also did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. 
But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. Here we go again. Everywhere he goes, what has he got? He got these dogs snipping at his heels, running, trying to undermine what he's doing. You see now why Paul says we need to circumcise this guy? Because this could be a real problem. So, so he said, uh, the believers immediately sent Paul to the coast. All right, they sent Paul away. The, the believers, they say, these guys are going to be a problem. Why do you think they sent Paul away? These people want to kill Paul. They've tried it before. They've tried stoning him before. They're going to try to kill him. So, so they send him away. And look at what he said. But Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why aren't they in trouble? Why aren't they in danger? Why do you think they're not? Why don't they just send them all away? Why did they? Why did they have to stay and Paul has to go? Paul was the one standing up preaching. Okay. I think, but yeah, he was the one that was leading the whole thing. Okay. All right. Barbara says he was the one preaching. He was the one start. He was the one instigating, stirring it up. You think that's what it is? What do you, why do you think? I think Paul also was a Jew. Okay. And he didn't mind telling the Jew how things were. Yeah. And so one of their own kind. I, I think I think Paul was the kind of guy that was not afraid to poke you in the eye. Right. And, and when you cover that eye, poke you in the other eye. And because he was a Jew like them, mm -hmm. that even made them probably feel like okay. You know, he was a traitor to, right. to their relationship with God. Okay. Anybody else? Why do you think that, that they they stay behind? They still need support and guidance. Don't need to be so <laughs> I think I think this partly had to do with Paul, I think. I think Paul probably said, I'm going, you guys gotta stay. And if I'm Timothy, I'm going, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> excuse <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why don't we get to go? No, but I think I think that you know Timothy, what we've learned so far you know, he's faithful to God. He's committed to the people. He's committed to the church. I think he's passionate about these new converts, and he will stay and defend them, even if it means defending them with his life. He will do that, okay? And I think that's why he said, and I just wanted you to see this, that, that here he stays there. You know, he has to stay at this place. Not has to. I think he probably said, look, I'll stay here. You go ahead and go. I'll stay here, and I'll, and remember, he's a young guy. He's well more adapted to dealing with this nonsense than Paul may be physically, okay? Maybe physically, all right? I don't know what the answer is. I could never find why he, why he said it. But, you know, I, I, looked, I put it down because I think it just shows you again the confidence that Paul has in Paul, I mean, in Timothy and his entourage, the people that are following him. Because not just Timothy. You know, it's Luke and, and Timothy and Silas and Epaphroditus. <laughs> yeah, there might be a bit of a, I mean, we're kind of overshadowing the fact that Timothy's half Greek. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so there's a bit of a buffer there. Yeah. You know. Like yeah. He's he, there's many Greek converts as well. Yeah. And so Timothy, that's also part of his mission is to is to be there for the Greeks yeah. as well. And so possible he could also weave through both yeah. of the, the politics yeah. there. And we don't know that maybe he has some Roman connection. We don't know that. We just know he's a Greek. But he could have some, because nobody knows Paul's a Roman citizen until he tells them. Go ahead, Larry. What are we going to say? It sounds like Paul may have a little bit of history with people from Yeah. I mean, they may already have known of Paul. Well, he's already he's already been there. 
And, and he's become a target. Yeah. Where maybe Timothy is not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they come looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think y'all are probably right. I think that's probably what's good. Somebody else said. More believers in Korea. Yeah. They're, it says they're much of more noble characters. Yeah, I think that I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, them being a more noble character. That means they they are more they are more committed to the word. They're more committed to protecting their other. <laughs> they value the church different than maybe the Thessalonians did. Okay, at this point, Paul's gonna have to write the Thessalonians two letters. He doesn't write the Berean Denny. Okay, now I tell you something. They don't need a letter. The Thessalonians need two. Timothy is, is in such dire straits. He needs to. I, I want to finish this. I want you to look, look back to 1 Timothy and then I'm going to be done. One, one verse. Just one verse. And we'll pick this up here next week. Look at what he said. Go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and look at verse 3. He said, as, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myth and any endless genealogies such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. He said, I'm going to leave you here. All right. Didn't get to where by Ephesus yet. We'll get there. All right. We're going to look at Ephesus yet. You know, but I wanted you to see he's left him at this point in this letter. He's left him in Ephesus. And then we're going to read next week why that's a problem. Okay. We're going to look back at that book of Acts and see what happened in Ephesus that this, that I say it's a problem. All right. We'll see you next week, guys.